0: Thrive Leadership Podcast in 3 2 cue music This is the Thrive Leadership Podcast. Leadership Podcast. It's a place to connect you to nationally acclaimed leaders, their insights and ideas on how to help you thrive in every area of your, of your, life. Life. Of your, life. your life. On today's episode, author and speaker Carlos Whitaker.
1: Leaders are hustlers, and sometimes I think you can out-hustle your life. And next thing you know, you blink, and it's 10 years later, and you've worked, and you've led. But man, your life is so pale. It's the whole idea of you can live your life, or your life will live you.
0: Now your hosts, Brad Lominick and CJ Alvarado. Welcome back to the Thrive Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Brad Lominick, beside, in front of, standing next to, CJ Alvarado. Good to see you, Brad, it's good to be here. Carlitos Whitaker is <laughs> joining us on What's the that? Thrive Leadership Podcast.
1: I need you to roll your
0: R's a little Carlitos. Little bit a nice. Not Carlitos, nice, yeah. Not bad, man. So, Carlos and I have a lot of history. We did. CJ and Carlos We're have just new. met. brand
1: new. Yeah, CJ and I need a little bit, um, I don't know, some hangouts. What do we Absolutely. need to do to pull that out, Well, off, I'll CJ. tell you what
0: you guys need to do. I we'll mean, make it happen. You you both have been to Refuge multiple times, oh, and CJ's yes. going in like two weeks. I will oh, be man. there. I've noticed, oh, Carlos, by the way, for those who don't know you, uh, you're a blogger, you're a speaker.
1: Well, first of all, can we go ahead and fix something right away? What? The fact that you led with Blogger, and you know, I, I, I want to go ahead and just be straight. Like... I haven't posted on my blog in like three years. But like my life at North Point Community Church just haunts me because there was like Carlos, it's still there. the blogger. The blogger. You're that blogger. Don't you work for Andy Stanley? Actually yeah. you're
0: the guy that started the off the blogs that's conference. Right. Remember that? That is very true. That like so seven I... people came to. Yeah. I
1: can understand there was 15 people and I can understand how uh, <laughs> how, how you could lead off because you know me such a long time. Um, so I, I will take that with all the love you throw at me. I'm a blogger. That is true.
0: Thanks. You haven't blogged in years.
1: No. You're, you're I, the I
0: Snapchat did. guy. You're the guy that introduced me to Snapchat, she, which I still have not. Here's
2: how I would do it, man. Carlos seems like the full-on renaissance to me.
0: No question. There we go. No question. I, Come on, CJ. You know, no question. it's like
2: there's very few renaissance, music, writing, leadership. Cultural insights. I mean, it's all there,
0: man. I
1: totally agree. CJ, can you introduce me instead of Brad?
0: <laughs> yeah, wait. Well, I mean, you're, if, are you reading that like off his website? Is this uh, right. straight from uh, that, the? That's Carlos, he, Yeah, that's his own I wrote that myself. I'm a, I'm a rose
1: on guy. <laughs> well, you
0: you are an author,
1: no question. Yes, you are yes. a
0: speaker, no question. Yeah. You are a social media maven. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a storyteller. This is true. Yes. And many times, digital storyteller. One of the great stories I like to tell about you is when we were in the Miami airport, which is just fabulous. I mean, we separate for seven seconds after going down to Haiti and all of a sudden you're like on the local news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you wanna well, do you wanna yeah. quickly
1: tell that story real quick? I mean, I'll try to quickly tell that story. Here's the thing I tell people all the time when it comes to social media is like people wait to go viral. And I'm like no like you can make yourself go viral like you can make this happen and so basically what I did is that I took a non news story and I made it news. So like I was on my way to the next <laughs> gate, I just left you and the tram broke down. And you know, we were stuck on the tram for like 15 minutes. It was getting a little bit hot, but I thought, "Oh, you know what? I'm going to pull out Twitter and I'm going to start using the hashtag Miami airport tram disaster. So I started this and I started uploading twit vids back in the day. Like you could do twit videos and like, I'm interviewing people on there and then the local news picks it up and they're like, Oh my gosh, people are stuck on the tram in there. And then the fire department comes and then three news stations came. And when I got out, they all like were calling me, interviewing me outside. And I basically turned a non news story into a news story. So like I use that a lot to tell people that, you really have the opportunity to to kind of live your social media life and, and make it known a lot more than people do. Love and it. it's true. And so, you were yeah. there too.
0: Well, I was there, but I had gone to another tram uh, and I'm because I'm going to the Delta terminal and I think you were flying American or something. And <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden I'm like watching the screen in the in the terminal and it's the local news and there is Carlos. I'm like, what is going on right now? All of a sudden he's on he's on the TV in the terminal. Oh, hanging out. That's just that's, that's but Carlos has a way. Because we're friends, friends for years and friends of many tears. He has a way of finding these stories.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: Like you find your way into these moments. Moment maker. Hello. man. I feel like that's your life story.
1: It's the whole idea of you can live your life or your life will live you. And I, I just feel like, you know, for a lot of leaders, especially leaders are hustlers. And sometimes I think you can out hustle your life. And next thing you know, you blink and it's 10 years later and you've grinded and you've worked and you've led. But man, your life is so pale and it's so vanilla. And so, you know, again, one of the parts of my heart is really to help leaders slow down, rest and live their lives a little bit more on purpose. And so, you know, that, that's really what we do as a family, Brad. I mean, you've known me and my wife and my kids for a long time. And we're, we just are, I think, a little bit more purposeful than the average person in creating moments on purpose.
2: Yeah. So, Carlos, I mean, we live in a culture that just celebrates hustle, though. So every true. day on instagram twitter people are all about their hustle and they're about oh, putting it out there and you're yeah. almost like not successful unless you portray or project this image so maybe yeah. speak to that
1: yeah it is a disease i believe that the whole idea of hustle and you know this is going to be very unpopular to a lot of people that are going to hear this but i believe it's actually doing more harm to your soul than sure it's doing to your brand your hustle may be um elevating your brand, elevating your platform, but what it does to your family and to your soul and to your ethos is it slowly wears and destroys it. I mean, let's think about it. Like the pace of life at which Jesus lived. Okay. The average person before there were cars moved at three miles an hour. That is how fast we moved as society. Three miles an hour is how fast we walk. If you run, you may make it to four. Mm -hmm. Right. And so up until a hundred years ago, how our hearts were created to move was at a much slower pace. And suddenly with the, you know, and listen, this is me preaching in the choir with the advent, social media and Instagram and Snapchat and all of these things that are allowing me to, to go faster and faster and faster in my communication, not only out, but in my digesting communication in, we're seeing a rise in anxiety. We're seeing a rise in depression. We're seeing a rise in all of these things inside of our hearts. So suddenly now we got to medicate those things. So all I'm saying is just rest, man. Just slow down. Like when we start to slow down, I think we're going to start receiving a lot more of um, of what God has for us. He's just going to get a lot louder. Uh, people tell me all the time, you know, man, Carlos, life is speeding by me. My kids are growing up so fast. And I'm like, no, you're speeding by life. Like you're the one that has your foot on the accelerator. Take it off and watch life slow down. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's my thing. You know, like I listen, I'm the biggest Gary Vee fan on the planet, you know, <laughs> but I'm waiting I'm just waiting for the day where, you know, he doesn't wake up like it's not maintainable for an average person. And so, you know, I watch his blogs and his podcasts and I know a lot of my friends do too. And they're like, oh, you know, you got to be the last one to sleep and the first one to wake up. And I'm like, no, man, go fishing, you know, relax, you know? Um, yeah, anyway, that's my little sermon on, on the hustle.
0: And it's true in your life. I mean, the reason you have created lots of moments is because you're leaving margin and room in order to be able to respond to those moments or the things yeah. put in front of you.
1: And here, here's the thing also is I work for myself, right? So like I'm an entrepreneur, I know I've got a book coming out. I have to create content. I've got to record my e-course. I've got to record my small group curriculum. I've got things I got to do. Like I know that I've got to hustle. It's, I'm not saying don't hustle, but what I am saying is you've got to do it so on purpose. Cause if you're not careful, you're going to lose your family and Brad, you know, like, We don't have to get into it on the podcast. We can if you want. But, like, there was a season where I lost my family because my hustle was so accelerated that my eyes were just on the prize of a career, and I took my eyes off my family.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, i got to lean into the book here in a second, but before that— I got to lean into the fishing comment because all of a sudden you're the fly fi- you're like you're freaking Brad Pitt man and the river runs through it all of a sudden.
1: Well, um okay, so so here's the thing. Brad, you invite me to this trip 3 years ago called Refuge in Montana and it's a fly fishing thing. And if anyone knows anything about me, it's when I get into something like I'm all in, like I jump in. So, the second I felt the first tug on the rod, right? Uh, it absolutely <laughs> was adrenaline filled. And I was like, I'm going to fish forever. Like I'm, I'm all in. And so now I actually have like my own fly fishing Instagram account. No I've way. got my own YouTube blog channel of a rookie <laughs> fly fisherman learning to fly fish. Like I'm all in, like I'm tying my own flies. I'm a member of like the Tennessee fly fishing society. <laughs> what? And I, and I'm like all in, I got my, I got a couple rods like, and I love it. And so here's the thing though, like for me, fly fishing has become a place of refuge. It's become a place of rest for me. And I didn't even know that that was available until Mm -hmm. I went and and felt that breath. And it was like an inhaler to an asthmatic. Like sometimes I got adult onset asthma. So I didn't have asthma as a kid. And I didn't know that I had asthma. Heather just kept telling me every night, man, babe, like when you fall asleep, you're wheezing. And I was like, what do you mean I'm wheezing? She's like, you're wheezing. So I said, oh, I better go to an allergist. So I went to an allergist. He gave me an inhaler. And listen, CJ, Brad, like I took a puff of that inhaler and I never knew that I wasn't breathing. Like Mm. the breath that entered my lungs was brand new. I didn't even know that I wasn't breathing. And now I'm like, this is what breath is supposed to feel like. And so for me, like fly fishing has really done that for me. And so, you know, I go twice a week now here when I'm in town in Nashville, there's a local tailwater here and um, I'm all in, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing it all. So I, I love fly fishing. Yeah. That's well,
0: amazing! It, you really were kind of a professional the first time you did it. I mean, you had never fly fished, and we were in the same boat. And he's, Renaissance—he's crushing I'm me, you. and, <laughs> and I'm—you know—I I mean, you bypassed me quickly. The other thing you're doing is—is is like knives.
1: That was the hobby of 2015. So, so something that I do is every year. I come up with a new hobby that I want to master. And so I, it has to be something that I've never done before. So I, like I, I did magic one year. I did photography one year. I've done all kinds of crazy things. Um, so 2015, I decided I'm going to, I watched a documentary on the knife maker. And I was like, oh, that looks like something I want to get into. And so, yeah, sure enough, you know, my son and I, Losia, at the time he was nine, um, bought all the gear, set it up in the basement. And we, you know, it took us three months, but we made our first hunting knife. And since then, I made a, you know a few more knives, and of course, me being a seven on the enneagram, like I'm ready to start an Etsy store, you know, <laughs> oh, like yeah. and, and like right. make my knife shop. And but if I make too many knives, and I can't fish, and then you know, it's so like I've gotta gotta be careful keeping in check.
0: I love that you have that <laughs> hobby that you're uh, doing new every year. I mean, Mark, yeah, yeah. Know, Mark Zuckerberg, <clears throat> Facebook guy, mm-hmm. he, ba- he basically has the same kind of life model. He he tries something new every year. So this year, I mean, it's been documented a lot. He's been traveling around the country to every state and understanding community in the United States. But that was like his 2017 thing was to, to basically travel around and meet people. So that's awesome. Hey, uh, you mentioned the book, which is uh, really exciting. It's a labor of love. Always. Anytime you write a book, you're putting blood, sweat and tears into it. So let's talk about that. Kill the spider.
1: Kill the spider. So I'm on my way to a, seven-day experiential therapy, group therapy place in 2013. Um, it's called OnSite, and it's about an hour and a half outside of Nashville. And I'm on my way because I just, like, I couldn't figure out why I kept doing the same mistakes over and over again. Like, it just kind of, you know, I'd been to therapy, I'd I'd bought the books, I'd listened to the CDs, and I'm like, man, I just keep doing the same thing over and over again. I, I, need, to, I need to break it. So on the way there, I called my dad, and I was like, hey, dad, like, I... I'm going to this place, this therapy place. I just want to let you know they're going to take my phone. I'm not going to be able to talk to the kids. I'm going to be completely disconnected. I just want to let you know I'm leaving. He's like, well, let me tell you why you're going. And I, this is my dad. He's always so hold wise.
0: Hold on, do the, do the accent the <laughs> he dad, goes, yeah, He yeah. goes,
1: Carlos, Carlos, <laughs> mira, mira mijito, let, let, me, let me tell you why you're going. And I was like, dad, I don't have time. Like, I'm pulling into the parking lot in 15 minutes. Like, He's like, no, no, listen. When I was preaching my very first survival in Panama, Mr. Ramirez Mr. Ramirez, I was a 20-something-year-old. Mr. Ramirez came forward the first night of the revival, and she said, Pastor, can you please pray that the Lord cleans the cobwebs out of my life? And he said, so I I prayed that. I prayed that the Lord would clean the cobwebs out of her life. The next night, she comes forward again, and she asks me the same thing. Can you pray again that the Lord cleans the cobwebs out of my life? So I'm like, Dad, hurry up. I'm in the parking lot. I'm at onsite. Can you—like, I got to go. He's like, listen, the third night, she comes forward, and she says, can you please pray a little bit harder and one more time that the Lord cleans the cobwebs out of my life? And my dad said he stopped her and he looked at her and he said, no, we're not going to pray that. Tonight we pray he kills the spider. And he goes, I've watched you your entire life, your entire ministry, clean the cobwebs of sin in your life. Mm. You're going there to kill the spider. And that story changed everything for me. Like I I suddenly stopped looking at the cobwebs because, right, cobwebs are medicators that bring a false comfort to whatever our main issue is. So what the church does is – and i don't think they do it on purpose but we spend a lot of time dealing with cobwebs. We spend a lot of times a sermon series on three steps to a better marriage. Well, although that's great, that's just a cobweb. Like five steps to budgeting your money better. Well, if you if you struggle with your budget and spending overspending like again, that's not the core problem. That's just a cobweb. So we can keep cleaning the cobwebs or you can get past the Medicaid and behavior to the root which is the spider. And the spider is agreement to a lie that you've agreed to. So Mm -hmm. your spider is going to be a lie in your life that you've agreed to. And for a lot of us, it's going to take a long time to get there. It'll take some therapy. But for some of you guys that are listening to this, you know right away when I say what your cobweb is and what your spider is. You want to stop drinking? Well, guess what? Just stopping drinking is cleaning the cobweb. There is some pain point in your life that you've made an agreement to a lie that you've got to get to that place break that lie. And at that point you've killed your spider. So the book really unpacks that idea. Uh, The book takes people on my journey um, through a lot of the cobwebs and spiders in my life. And um, again, I'm hopefully helping people unpack what that looks like for them and then get to the end result, which is the dead spider.
0: You've sort of become known for your vulnerability and sense of authenticity through the things that you've had that you struggle with or gone through that now you're saying, Hey, this is going to help you because it helped me.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and in the book I I get pretty vulnerable. You know, my first book, Moment Maker, it's like a a really jovial book. It's have, live your life or your life will live you. So I have all you know my my readership is like Carlos, the Moment Maker. It's like the poor man love does. Like this is awesome, <laughs> Woo! you know. Right, right. And and then and then suddenly I swing him back, and it's like you know kill the spider, how to get rid of what's really holding you back, you know. And so the book, you know, although it's laced with depth, you know, there's humor, there's comedy. I have a good time. Uh, with it and some lightheartedness. But um, man, this is really where I'm sitting right now in my ministry is just really wanting to help, you know, not only people in the church, but leaders get to the place of authenticity where they can admit that they've got a spider that they need to kill and, and get them to that place. Because um, man, once the spiders are dead, you can really accelerate in your leadership and you can accelerate in your ministry.
0: Do you find that there's one spider that seems to be most mm. prominent right now?
1: Man. So again, a spider is an agreement with the lie that you've made, right? So I don't know if there's necessarily a prevalent spider because, you know, there are prevalent spiders. A A lot of spiders, a lot of agreements that people have come to is either God has abandoned me. There's a big lie, right? At some point, you feel like God has abandoned you. So you medicate that lie with the behavior, which is your cobwebs. And those cobwebs are massive. So where I really like to lean is kind of looking at what your cobwebs are. Um, A lot of people, you can see massive cobwebs on social media, right? You start seeing people and their selfies. And I'm not saying selfies are a dead giveaway, but when you look at someone's – I just look at mine. When I look at my Instagram feed from 2009 to 2011, it was like five pictures of my face for every one picture of my family. And what I was doing was I was medicating a core need inside of my heart. I was like, I need people to like this picture Hmm. so that – I feel some semblance of worth. I need people to tell me I am beautiful so that it is medicating a deeper wound inside of me. And so what happens is social media now is a massive medicator, is a massive cobweb that is – medicating different wounds and lies that are inside of people's lives. So your wounds are going to be different. Your lives are going to be different. But some of these common cobwebs, alcohol, uh, infidelity, I mean, it's just it's easier and easier for people to have secret relationships now than it ever was before. And so even people that never would have thought to do that just suddenly have access. Like somebody, take me, for example, some beautiful woman will you know like one of my posts and say, that, that absolutely touched my heart. Send me a direct message, right? Well, suddenly I've got a direct message in my inbox that I can reply to and delete and it disappears. And there is a temptation there and there is an accelerated cobweb that can happen if we're not getting past that to the root. Hmm. And so here's mine when it comes to that is one of my main spiders that I finally destroyed and demolished was the lie that God had abandoned me. When I had my very first anxiety attack, I prayed that God would heal me and I kept having anxiety. So suddenly I made an agreement with the lie that God has abandoned me. Now I said it out loud and I made an agreement. Guess what? The next 15 years of my life were spent trying to stop having anxiety. Well, that's not the point. The point was I made an agreement with anxiety at some point. Mm. I made an agreement that God had abandoned me. I had to dive back to that place, break it. Now we step into some Holy Spirit stuff with the blood of the cross, the power of the resurrection and the authority that Jesus has given in me. When I break it at that point, it's gone, it's done. And scripturally, I mean, it tells me like, it's over, like you've killed it. And so, again, cobwebs are medicating behaviors spiders are agreements you've made with Eli. Awesome, Kill the Spider. And yeah, so it's available. I've got all kinds of really cool stuff. Got a whole Kill the Spider soundtrack that a great friend of mine has scored. It's an instrumental um, 10 song soundtrack that he's scored as he's read the book. It's really cool to listen to it while you're reading knowing that somebody has read the book and scored it with that in mind. And then I've got a whole e-course that's, you know it goes alongside and really helps you kind of um, navigate your different cobwebs and different spiders.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have you've created something that is a journey. The book's part of that, but there's lots of different ways to be on that highway with you, yeah, Besides absolutely. just uh, reading the book.
2: So, where's oh, the man. best place to just get all this?
1: CarlosWhitaker.com. That's the place, man. Carlos Whitaker with two T's, not one. Mm-hmm. Uh, com. and uh, yeah, it's got all this stuff on there, and and you can kind of start there. And I mean, basically, you'll find me all over the internet, which again is is a cobweb of mine. It's a uh, it's it's an issue, but nonetheless, I love the internet. I love the Uh, And I I also want to say something, too. Like, I want to make sure that people aren't um, that people don't misunderstand me in saying that, you know, something that makes you feel good is somehow a cobweb. Something that makes you, you know, here's the truth is God has given us all desires and they're great desires. We talked about fly fishing. That's a great desire. That's something that fulfills me and makes me feel God's presence. But the enemy is cunning and he knows that those desires are the easiest places for us to fall the other direction. So next thing you know, if I'm going fly fishing because I don't want to spend time with my wife and kids, it's gone from a desire to a cobweb.
2: That's a good distinction. That's really
0: good. Well, thanks for uh, writing the book. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. And thanks for just being who you are. Yeah, man, being real.
1: Well, I appreciate it. And and you guys uh, keep doing what you do. And thanks for having me on.
0: You can always stay in touch with us, thriveconference.org, podcast at thriveconference.org. We want to remind people about Thrive 365. That's right. Thrive
2: 365 is a great way to just encounter and engage with Thrive in between the conferences. Mm -hmm. You know, so you've got videos and resources, tips and hacks that are all
0: available to you for $9.99 a month. Thrive 365 is going to nourish you daily. You get to hear all kinds of great content from past conferences. There's new, fresh content coming out. Get on the website, thriveconference.org. Find where Thrive 365 is and go ahead and sign up. Exactly. Be a part of that community of that subscription package, because it's a great deal. And if you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, please do
2: that. Consider leaving a review for us as well, just to help spread the word and all that we're
0: doing here. As always, we believe that healthy leaders and thriving churches are crucial. So continue to do that, continue to lead, continue to learn. Until next time, this is the Thrive Leadership Podcast. Thrive Leadership Podcast is hosted by CJ Alvarado and Brad Lominick and is produced by Kip Johns. To download and share this and other Thrive podcasts, go to thriveconference.org.